Hi everyone, and welcome to my sauntering podcast. My name is Paul White, and I live in a gorgeous place called Weymouth. And this podcast is a collection of saunters that were born in lockdown, but it's also got some additional stuff which is just fresh, hot off the press. praying that you'll be really blessed and that God will speak into your heart as we take this journey together. So please go ahead and hit the subscribe button to keep updated with the very latest sauntering podcasts. Well hi everyone and welcome to another my sauntering podcasts and it's so good to be together and today I have I'm so excited because a dear friend, Paul Wakeley, is with me. And I've known Paul a long, long time. It must be 30 years, I would think. And it's. At least. You're not that young. And it's been amazing. He has been such a friend and a cheerleader into my life. He's kept me um, excited and helped me to find the will of God sometimes when I'm feeling a little bit kind of baffled and bewildered and he's cheered us on as a family and as a church and Paul I'm so grateful to God for you and I'm so excited that we're getting to talk for a few minutes so I'm just gonna kick off and just say I believe Paul is called to be an apostle he's from the city of Bath and him and his wife Sue have been in leadership for a long long time and they've had some real massive highs and some massive lows and some real disappointing times alongside some times of incredible excitement and joy. So, Paul, it's great to have you. Thanks, my friend. <coughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to reciprocate <laughs> in that, honestly, I think, you know, long-term friendships in the kingdom hmm. are some of the bottom-line currency of this kingdom. Come on. It has yeah. to be for me. Those beautiful, loyal, deep-seated, mm. trusting friendships. That yeah. I think he can, he can pour out riches on those friendships that he can't on job titles, organisation, so and good. superficial stuff. So yeah. I'm grateful to as well. I want to sit earmark it because you do realise that after years, those friendships mm. he gave, they're not niceties Absolutely. Yeah, I really think in his heart there's always, you know, I no longer call these things friends. Yeah. And I think what's been so cool about our relationship has not been a structural one mm-hmm. or a hierarchical one by virtue of the role that either of us have had. It's just been one where God brought us together Yeah, and, and it survived. And, and, and the joy of it is, you talk about Luke just now, the joy of it is I love it when we look at each other and say, when our hearts warmed mm. and we fellowship together. Come on. Didn't, didn't it warm our hearts? Didn't it? I'm getting on one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Paul, just, okay. just talk. I mean, yeah. when we were talking before, you were saying one of the things you've been reflecting on is the journey over the last 20 years. And I'm, there may be people who will <laughs> listen to this who've never got no idea what your journey's been on. So 
Yeah, I mean, I'm jumping from yesterday, really, because the last few weeks have been quite, um, quite a roller coaster of God's adventure. Mm-hmm. But uh, yesterday morning, I woke up, strangely, we were going to go and speak somewhere, and I woke up with this phrase, Behold, I make all things new. What a great alarm clock. And, and I kind of went, <laughs> oh, that's at the end of Revelation. And I looked it up quick because I was just, ex- mm. you know how a phrase leaps out? Yeah. You think, why am I excited about that? Mm. So I looked it up. Of course, that is at the end. But of course, everything he does today is engaging with making things new that have got broken or, you know, whatever else. He, everything's new about his kingdom. Mm. You know, I... I I make you a new creation. Great. I'll give you a new name. I'll give you a new heart. It's like Fantastic. God, you seem to be bursting with a desire, yeah. however bad and damaged and broken something is, his passion as a father. It just dawned on me in the morning. Actually, you love making things new that seem to be broken or hmm. finished. I will renew your thing. Hmm. So everything about his kingdom is he's determined to make everything new and uh, i was then thinking this is this is jumping a bit but i'll come to the point but i was thinking about two or three weeks ago uh, we have five children and uh, as some of you know our youngest was was has had this quite profound um physical disability mm. from the word go <clears throat> and it's been a long journey he's how old is he oh, he's 25 yeah, now 25 and this was public so i can yeah. say it this yeah. was a public thing that happened but and so the whole journey with him has been such a roller coaster of joys and weeping and laughing and crying and agony and then God stuff that he's been part of our journey of discovering how God works when you don't get the instant miracle, yes. the instant breakthrough, mm-hmm. which we love, but some yeah. things are a longevity of discovering his heart. So anyways, uh, the, 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 this youngest said to me a few weeks ago, he said, Dad, I'm going to get baptized. Nice. And he's in a wheelchair and he's quite, you know, his quite, body's quite messed up. Mm. You won't mind me saying that. His disability is quite profound. Yeah. It's very visible. Coming alive. Yeah. So he said, I want to get baptized. So I thought, I that's amazing. Why, how it's going to happen? And in a big church out front, I don't think so. But he was determined. God had got hold of him. So good. Baptized. But the point of the story is this is in that particular church, everybody gives their testimony, their story of why mm-hmm. they want to get baptized. So there were six and there were brilliant stories. They made your heart think, mm. this gospel works. This is, a, this is the truth. Right? Yeah. This, yeah. This, this stuff is, anyways, and it comes to his, and this is what he said publicly. He said, he said, I'm tired of being angry at God. Come on. Condition. Come on. He said, I don't want my condition to define my identity. Mm. He said, I want to know my heaven father. That is profound. And there was a kind of a moment in the room where you thought, oh my goodness, none of us, um, you know, we've all got our kind of history. We're, we're a product of our history. But we mustn't become a prisoner of our history. Wow. And he had discovered somewhere in the working of God's love and affection for him that his condition didn't need to be his identity and he didn't want to stay angry at God, kind of blaming God when God had something so much better of a promise for him. 
Wow. So, you know, on the day, it was very moving. We picked him up, we got him in the water, and he went under. And, you know, God says, I want to make things new. So I good. I want to make things That's new. That's beautiful. I want to do a new thing. And I, I was so moved by it. And it began to ring through with me, you know, again. And I know we know it, but not to let anything in history <clears throat> imprison us to something he wants to do in the future. Because his speciality is to start Wow, because that's quite profound for you oh, and Sue. Because there yeah. must have been times where you were, you defined yourself perhaps by the yeah. disappointment or the tragedy yes. that had hit you as a family yes. or whatever. Yeah, no, very much. It, it brought everything to a head mm -hmm. of the marvel because I didn't know you wanted to get baptized. This was a God thing. Beautiful. But God starts to say, "Come, I'm going to do something." But the cost is when you get in the water, which for him was like never, ever in the water. He had for me capacity to handle things physically. That's scary. Mm. So to die deliberately to that fear for the sake of something he would do to raise you up. I mean, isn't baptism proud? It is. Oh, completely. Isn't it a severance yeah. from your history? Yeah. So he can start work i'll give you a new heart and it is about identity isn't it what it is we're baptized into christ you know it's like i love yeah. it so um so for sue and i my wife and i we've also been on a journey in the city which is why it triggered all this sense of god you you want you want to go to the worst of places where there's been ashes you seem to specialize then in doing something very beautiful in ashes mm. so just to, I guess, narrate the story and help me in it. But you know, like 20 years ago in our church, uh, which is kind of sort of the largest church in the city, there was a dreadful leadership fracture breaking. Everything broke. I mean, dreadful. Yeah. It just broke. Nobody's particular fault. It was like a whole mass of things that went mm. wrong that broke the heart of that church. Wow. Uh, yeah. 20 years ago, exactly. And it was so dreadful, and, and, and it's a long story, after a huge period of grace. You know, one of the things we never did, we never caught the foxes on the vine right. before they became elephants. Yes, wow. Well. Uh, I kind of look back now and think, why didn't we chase yeah. the little beggars? Yeah, hunt them down. The vine, hunt them down, mm -hmm. discover them, and expose them, and deal with them so they don't become <sighs> elephants that Sweet. fill the yeah. room. You can no longer go there because it's mm. too big. So, anyways, that was a part of what happened. And that was 20 years ago. And, it, you know, I won't go into it all, but for Sue and I, it, it, it broke us. It oh, somehow made us so despairing. We never thought we'd get up again. Mm. Like, right, the vineyards yeah. are gone. It's, it's it. Yeah. We're, we're out. And it was a big thing in the city. Now, the point in the story was we then began a long journey. Because we realized again and again that old phrase, the trouble out there. I hate this phrase. <laughs> but it's true. Because it's true, yeah. It's the trouble oh. in here. Oh. And all of our own hearts, God had to do something mm. inside us. With no promise on the back end of this. No, we've seen yeah. what in our hearts. And so that long season of letting him into every corner of us. Mm. To redeem, rescue, deal with the struggles in my own heart, fears of rejection, 
won't go there now, but that was a season. Yeah. Let truly say, I want you to know I can't afford to keep pointing the finger to them. It's back in the yeah. story. I've just simply got to let you come in. I've got to life what's really I remember you saying to me back at that kind of time that you were you were invited to an old boys <laughs> That's thing true. where everyone was like a BBC anchor man or a yes. captain of industry Conductor or an orchestra or four two five hundred industry, yeah. And then they say That's to you, right. What do you what do, what are what? you what are you doing? And you're like, um <laughs> I'm unemployed oh. And you were I remember you having to face that bravely and just tell the truth and to acknowledge that your identity was not from being the pastor of a very big city centre church, but actually you were a... I was discovering, but it was painful mm. when you've got nothing left to hold up as to what you achieved. Yeah, I understand. But a little. <laughs> but, <laughs> I think. Then, but then every wilderness biblically is an opportunity for a new encounter with God's love and affection. Fantastic. So, I, yeah. I hate the wilderness. I don't like oh, yeah. You, know, you don't want to go there on purpose, do you? So <laughs> but if the father of you are very being says, I want myself mm. to be able to yield to it at the worst of times, not that we. Anyways, long story short, yeah. that happened. And then the Holy Spirit seemed to be beckoning us to a beginnings of reconciliation. So, mm. church, leadership, oversight. And that was a funny journey. I guess 10 years ago, we began this journey of going to the leaders. Mm. And it wasn't, unfortunately, could we do a deal where you put some stuff on the table? Yes. And we put some stuff on the table. <laughs> yeah. And we kind of find a way of reconciling yes. the basis. We were both guilty. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but, but what God kept saying to us is, you just repent. You repent for what you did without any need of something reciprocal well. to make you feel better. This is, mm-hmm. this is the death yeah. of the need. I'll look after it. Right. So there's a back end to the story. But, so that we started that journey with the leadership there, with different people. And then one night, I don't know how many years ago, about 400 people in the building. And, and we just stood up and said, and uh, just had to say, sorry mm. for the damage that happened back there. Because you know God's heart is for the younger generation to mm. get down. Of course, get they become and they just casualties of it, don't they? they? Become, and it, you suddenly realize, you know what? I am responsible mm-hmm. for my part. That's all I have. Yeah. I Would you forgive us? And it was a profound time, and it led to more and more reconciliations. And then I think we were realizing, do you know what? This, this is not just worth it for the renewal of friendship. This is worth it for his passion for a bride in a city mm-hmm. where finally his people are reclaimed together with glory on it for the sake of a desperate city that wow. needs to know to yeah. stuff well. Mm-hmm. So, so we made this journey. I'm not saying we did it well, but it felt like the Lord was saying, will you come with me and how yeah. I want to do it? You just have to take a step at a time. And so gradually got reconciled, we kind of got rejoined with this church. And then two weeks ago, we were, along with many other situations, we were, we were completely re-engaged with the church. And we were kind of, you know, invited to have a particular part of the church. And I could stand on that Sunday and think, God, this is a miracle. 
It is incredible. You have reglued, mended, but put glory on what seemed hopeless, broken, mm. despairing. I hate it all. I hate church bits. I yeah. hate things being broken again and again and the world going, well, we've got our own problems, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> join that mess. <laughs> but for him to do something beautiful mm. the other Sunday, just I, I just couldn't stop crying. What a journey, Paul. I thought, God, you're doing something way bigger mm-hmm. than all of us. It will then. Yeah. And I guess for me, Paul, it was like, Nothing we've done, please hear me, but he has done it marvelously. Can I speak to every situation that needs reconciling? Mm. Families, yeah. marriages, church stuff. Not just not to grab our story, but to say, I do believe he wants to do something new where things have got broken. Mm. Behold, I make all things new. I do. Yeah. I think what you've taught me, Paul, if I may, is just the diligence and discipline of um, working through those things, not not with a strategy, not with a kind of roadmap to get somewhere, but just God is revealing this particular thing at this time to Sue and I, we're going to deal with this. And just that kind of simple, humble diligence, I I think it's been so instructive for me. And, you know, I really honour you for that, Paul. Thanks. Yeah, it it had to be the Holy Spirit saying, I'll show you. Yeah. I'll I'll show you. You you won't know. There's no kind of neat. I've done all in one. It's like a journey. And yeah. by the way, it's a journey of relational joining that's real mm. rather than patch up that's good. For yeah. God is done with show. Yeah. He's done wow. with public things that aren't real to the core. He's after something that is so profoundly real. Yeah. Why? Because the world is crying. They're busting up with each other right, left, and center. Mm. Surely we lean in and say, truly, this is real to the core. Last Sunday, whenever it was, it was so real. Lots of relationships joined. Fantastic. Oh. What a joy. Anyways, that's that story. What a great story, Paul. <laughs> but, but I want to pray right now. Is that okay? Please. I want to pray for anybody listening who somehow is so pained with something that's broken relationally. Mm. And it can sometimes feel, honestly, I've been there, it can feel despairing. Mm. It can feel, I can't ever see a way back, or I can't see how that vineyard could come back. I, I can't see how that relationship is. Mm. But somehow I feel the promise God says to you, I want to make it new. Fabulous. Can I, can I Please, yeah, do it. Father, we so grateful. It's not our doing, it's not our cleverness, it's not mm. by the strength of our ability or our talk but God we know your passion is to reconcile everything that got broken Mm. Heavenly Father I pray for anyone listening who has a fractured relationship something's got broken Mm. completely bust apart Father I ask you today that for whoever that is you would make a way of a reconciliation yes Lord that is so deep real and lasting mm. and it makes us weep at how you work to mend the broken 
I pray that upon anyone listening who needs that hope and that faith, yes. please, Father, give it to them. Let it be starting today in Jesus' name. Amen. Fabulous. Wow, thanks, Paul. Could you just give us a little quick um, insight into what you feel is going on? You've got such a wide network of relationships with very established pastors and leaders and apostles and prophets and people in your own city, but also around the world um, and wider in this particular nation. What do you, what's your sense of where we're at at the moment with God and his purposes and so on? What do you, what, how do you see things unfolding at the moment? Yeah, that's the kind of big question. I could turn it around on you and that probably get a better Sure. <laughs> I know that's cheeky. I, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just going to say, I know everybody has got these kind of big, heartfelt, what is going on mm. questions. And I, mm. I'm kind of pausing because, you know, people have got insights that are very helpful, but clearly there's not the one big answer. Yeah. Um, that we all grab and say, and I think that's deliberate of the Lord to bring us to a much closer dependency than we've ever known. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I will try and say a couple of things, but part of me thinks, I think it's okay for leaders to say, I don't know. Yes. I think that's quite releasing because leadership has always been almost pinned to having to have the answer to everything mm. in every situation that justifies why yeah. they're a leader. Yeah. And I don't mean I don't know. I know I, 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 I'm seeking him, but I don't know right now. Yeah. And I think it's okay for a leader to say that, and the people around to say, "Well, let's all pray together and ask him." Yeah. Um, that's a little bit of a throwaway, but I, I kind of I don't want to see leaders under pressure to bring answers because the people need an answer, and God is saying, "I want a new dependency of listening to me." Come on. Yeah. So, from my perspective, which is. It is a limited one. I see COVID horribly damaging for many people. I wonder whether it really was the beginnings of a profound wake-up call from mm-hmm. the Lord to his people to say, we're on the move, guys. Right. I want you to wake up. Wow. Mm-hmm. I don't say that lightly because I mm-hmm. do respect the suffering of all, but I, I still feel we're in the middle of, you know, I, <clears throat> I don't think it's about how can we make the church better. I think it's a dumb question. Mm. How can we hear him better would be a better yeah. question. But I sense this kind of Holy Spirit is brooding over us, waking up so many of our hearts. Mm. Um, you and I both know this friend. We have a dear friend, don't we, who works in one of the most dangerous nations mm-hmm. of the world. Yeah. And they have so impacted me with their story, not because of the wonder of what God's doing in that nation, but the prophetic picture it gives mm. of what happens when there doesn't seem to be anything familiar. We've really got to say, what do you want to do next, Father? Yeah. And you and I both know that the, the wife of that couple had this profound word a few years back that said, the Lord was saying to his people, I love this, but it makes me tremble. Um, you've had your turn. <laughs> wow. And it wasn't a rebuke. I didn't feel mm-hmm. that. Just like, you've had your turn. I blessed it. 
I looked mm. after you and I was with you. Wow. The time's up. It's my turn now. Wow. Watch and learn how I do it. Profound. Now, that's, Paul, that's been my strange sort of, it's almost it's always here hanging behind right. me as the reminder mm-hmm. we're in a shift, yes. I think, where if we keep going back to what's familiar for the comfort and ease of it, we'll miss the profoundness that uh, I remember this guy called Mike Bickle, him saying mm. he had, a, he had a, a word from the Lord something like 30 years ago in a hotel in Cairo. And God said to him then, I will change the face of my church in one generation. That's profound. And this same wife I'm talking about also had a word similar to that. I jotted it down and it said, I will redefine what the church looks like in one generation. Wow. Now, I don't know, but supposing that's what God's doing right now, he's got his people in his hands and saying, I'm doing an enormous wake up shift and I'm going to change the whole way my people Incredible. are in one generation. Why? Because the times were in demands that the, his people are pointed to a desperate world and they're ready and prepared for a harvest that right now maybe we haven't been ready for. Yeah. Maybe we got to the end of a wineskin that's so familiar that half the people have bored out their brains and they know exactly what's going to happen next. Mm. I'm not, I'm part of that. I'm not pointing any fingers. No, no, I, I just yeah. wonder whether the shift that God's up to is, uh, we could put it like language, like from a pastoral wineskin to an apostolic wineskin. Mm-hmm. Well, what would that look like? <laughs> well, instead of coming and sitting, there's an awakening, a training, and a going everywhere, and an apostolic sense in the, in the yeah. fabric of his people that is gradually getting turned upside down from this is no longer a cruise liner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you and I both know the cruise liners are set off Weymouth. Useless. Yeah, Sorry. I, think, I think some of them are back okay, on now. They're back. Yeah, but they're wrong they, they were. No, they were. But this is a battleship two that's years. on the move to a target that yeah. God has called for. Now, I, there's big language, but I want to suggest that, that, that the Holy Spirit is deeply stirring his people, mm. that there are cries, there is suffering. I get that. But I think there's also a call of Jesus. Will you get up and follow me in how wow. I want to do it? Would you say, Paul, I mean, we've both got a similar history in the past 30 plus years. We saw the rise of apostles and prophets um, or people certainly with those uh, claiming those credentials. And yeah. it was controversial. Yeah. Um, and we'd, we now are quite comfortable with the term apostle. Certainly you and I would be on in terms of representing the ministry of certain individuals operating in our nation and in the nations at large. Would you say that actually God is scrambling even that picture or rejigging that picture so rather than thinking of apostles as the superstars and the ultra kind of special guys very elite that actually this is a this is a more a mantle that's coming on every believer and so every believer is a sent one yeah and what do you think well, I do think that, yeah. and I think yeah. that what he's interested, I think you t- 
might have even used the expression, he's, I do believe he's interested in apostolic communities whose whole kind of core DNA is to go. And that obviously, I'm sure the ministry of apostle stands out as an individual who is clearly called by God to do that apostolic ministry in a special way, in the same way that a prophet is uniquely hmm. called to to be a prophet, whereas all God's people yes. should be yes. prophets in in one sense. And yes. certainly that's Moses' prayer, wasn't it? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I, and I, I'm, I'm, by the way, I never expected that we'd be sort of pointed into this stuff because of the previous we mm. went to, which was good and yet got Yeah, had some great stuff going on. So I never expected it will come up on the screen, say, in our city of Bath. Mm. But a whole bunch of us have got together and said, well, okay, there's the, there's, again, there's the history. We don't need to be prisoners to the history mm. if God's doing something new. But we've gone the route of saying, see, Ephesians 4 starts with culture. It doesn't start with the gifts. It starts mm. with culture. What does it say? Be completely humble. <laughs> be one. One in mind. For each other. All that stuff. Yeah. And then it says, Christ apportioned gifts. So the humility of the culture that says, we're just here to receive these gifts, Jesus, as you want to give them, mm. means we, maybe this round, we, we, we understand better how he wants those gifts to operate amongst his people. Mm. Maybe we've got to get rid of the old culture completely with that new culture that Ephesians 4 starts with. And then say, Jesus, we do welcome your gifts without the fear that we're going to go back to the superstars because that age is over. Mm. But I do believe that if, what we forget is those gifts are simply so the body is mobilized, grows up, becomes the, the best mature expression of God's church you could ever have. I just believe the gifts are unto something, not to be overblown and overfocused. Yeah. yeah. So if you take the analogy of a company, should we say, the company is not about the salesman or woman, yes. the sales team. Yeah, and good, their kind of sales manager, you know, yeah. sales director or yeah. whatever. Um, it's about the actual product that they're yes. putting out into the marketplace. And so they become known for that product rather than yes. the individual, maybe they're stars within their own little yeah. world. But in the sense of what Absolutely. they're known of in the world, it's about that product. And yes. it's, I think the church has got lost in the yes. kind of in its own mechanisms and become more yes. focused on... And it yes. becomes political and oh, horribly yeah, introspective, and, and, doesn't it? And I, I want to come back... Sorry, you triggered me. Good. <laughs> I, I want to come back on this issue of high dependency on the next steps. Mm -hmm. Like, if we keep saying, no, I know what to do, I'm familiar with this, we miss the new call to come with him in a new level. So... Here's what happened in Bath. So we get together a bunch of um, just, just leaders in the city. Once a month, we get them together to worship, pray, wait on him. Mm. And some of them come thinking, so what's, what's the plan this morning? Yes. Who's speaking? Yeah. Or, you know, what is the plan? Because, you know, I've, I've got limited time. Yeah. And I keep saying the plan is to meet with him. Great. But it takes time to get that culture mm. that says there really isn't a speaker who could have or an agenda really, we want to worship him and be with him and see what he wants to say. Beautiful. So about two months ago, the word of the Lord came through a vicar 
dear friend, who's quite a quiet guy, and I knew he had the word of the Lord. And this is what he bought. He said, I really feel God saying, consecrate yourselves. Wow. For tomorrow, I'm going to do amazing things among you. Wonderful. As he said it, you could feel the weight of God. Mm -hmm. I thought, that's the word of the Lord. Now, mm -hmm. that's a good word. No, what are we doing? We're going to say, hey, we've got to get away for two days with everybody. We need to submit it. to that word. We need to submit to the get word. Under it, we yeah. won't get the next step because God said, this is what I want you to do. Mm. Now, the point in that being, I feel like we're on that short leash that says, you're going to have to do what I ask you yeah. to do because you haven't been this way before. Good. Good. That's scary for a leader. Yeah. Because familiarity is easy to run. And it goes back to that thing you were saying before where we know what to do we have our yeah. protocols and we have our procedures yeah. and it's like we yeah. th we have the answers because we're the leader and the yes. leader has the answers yes. that's why they're leading yes we, 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 I, and by the way i believe in leadership passionately it, you know it says it lead if you lead lead diligently but but it's still okay to be and joshua and yeah. Um, David and the others, yeah. they go to inquire of the That's Lord right. as their habit, don't they? Yes. It's not like they just assume that they've yes. got the blueprint and all they have to do is methodically follow it through. They're literally on, on like a kind of speed dial to God, like almost every, every time there's a situation, aren't they? They are. And these friends that you and I have visited in this very dangerous mm -hmm. country, it's fascinating because that short leash they have to be on yeah. has brought open doors in the last few months that are absolutely stunning. Incredible. Why? Because God says, watch and see how I do. Mm -hmm. It's my turn now. Yes. Oh, what about Weymouth? What about, what about the whole Southwest Come on. caught up with watch? I am doing it. Yeah. But you have to watch and see. I. My age, I still find it hard to do that because mm. I'm used to how I do it. Mm. So for me, consecrate yourselves with stop, come aside, be with me, I will show you. But you can't just carry on doing what you always do because I'm doing something where you haven't been. And these friends in this country, you and I, honestly, Paul, I'm not, I mean, we can't sit here. The doors opening up are impossible naturally, but this couple, Submitted themselves to heaven's judgment. So, Father, let your kingdom. And they even say, We're asking you for the whole nation. Come on. So, we're in a Psalm 2 six times. Ask of me. You see, just two more quick things. No, good for Psalm it. 2 is fascinating. What's it about? I am your father, you are my son. Mm -hmm. Today, we've. Yeah. That, that, I, I'm misquoting it, but that beautiful scripture yeah. of, of the fundamental of the identity. Yeah. It's there. Now, we know it's talking about Jesus. But he's the pioneer of all of us to follow yeah. in the wake of who he he's is. He's the firstborn of many firstborn brothers. Many yeah. brothers. Fabulous. Romans 8. So what does it say? You know, today I've begotten you and I'm your father. Mm -hmm. Now, ask of me. Come on. And I'll give you nations. Go on. So I, I understand from Hebrews when we were talking about it, it's the same thing, isn't it? Yes. Who else has got this relationship? Therefore, you get to rule. So what I think God's been doing is he's been creating such sonship inside us mm. so that we can ask him for very big things, but we'll never control it again because son and steward, they don't need to control and own. Wow. So going so, back to Romans 8, Paul, yeah, go on. the you whole go. creation groaning yes. 
what are they groaning for? For the sons of God yes. to be revealed. Yes. So go on, sorry. No, it's true. Come on, we're, we're on, aren't we? <laughs> but this is this is really yeah. where we're partly at. Do you understand? Because I feel like in my earlier part of my life, before that crash, I was an anointed leader, anointed yeah, to call clearly. me. But I had orphanness in my heart oh. that messed up the riches he gave because I couldn't really handle it like a son. And so to take me aside and mend the brokenness inside, I think was to allow me, hopefully, to steward things without mm. ever needing to get something from them again, because the relationship's already in place. I can just enjoy what he's giving to do. Mm. And so these couple, these friends of ours in this other nation, um, it, it just, just, just watching, they're stewarding and they're saying, they're saying, Father, Give us the whole nation. Mm -hmm. You and I know that nation naturally is a hellhole. Yeah. But here are some ambassadors sent saying we'd like the whole nation. I love it. If you're going to risk your whole life, if you're going to yes. literally bet the farm yes. and say, God, we're here until we die, which yes. I know they've said, yes. if, that's what you, yes. if that's how it plays out, we're, we're good yeah. with that. You, why, why would you do that and ask for a, a small, achievable right. prayer? Right. Why, would you, right. why would you just ask for a goal that perhaps anyone might achieve yes. with a much lower stake? Yes. If you're going to literally invest everything, why not ask for the nation? And, yeah, I mean, Paul, it's probably, we probably need to wrap it up, but yeah. it just isn't that the thing. There's, it's that whole thing of saying, God, I've invested everything. Yes. Come on. Yes. Give me yes. the nations. Give yes. give me souls lest I die. Yes. It, what, however we yes. pray it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, come on, God. And, I, and anyone listening, I really want to say it. Wherever you are right now, if you got tired of praying for the big thing that didn't happen, we pray God will just kind of light up your heart again yes. to dare to pray the big come. prayer. Jesus, that your inheritance from your heavenly Father is well in hand. He doesn't want you getting weary. He wants you restrengthened to come back to Him, saying, "Father, here I am again. Would you give this inheritance I long for and I lost heart over?" Mm. And we pray you regain heart today to get back to that place of saying, "Here I am, Father. I'm not letting go of you until you release what you promised." Come on. Paul, great. So I'm just so thrilled we've been able to have this time. Yeah. Thank, Thank you so much. Well, thanks for chatting. This is fun. <laughs> we'll do it again. God bless you, everyone. I am super excited to be able to recommend to you my book, The Christing. It's a whole adventure of digging deep into the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, exploring stories that may be familiar to us, but just seeing how the power and the beautiful, rich treasure of the Holy Spirit is there on every single page. And my desire as I share my own stories is that we would get caught up in that adventure together of a life pursuing the supernatural God where anything becomes possible when we're full of his Holy Spirit. And so my prayer for you as you read this book is that you'll get excited to embark on your own voyage of discovery with him.
but more than anything else that you would fall more in love with Jesus. So please, if you have not got a copy, do buy one. You can get it online on all the major um, online bookstores, including Amazon, Eden and others. You can buy it from Christian bookshops. Or you can message me and get your own signed copy. There you go. But do like it and review it because that really, really does help. Thank you so much.